The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome, 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 all you ADA partiers out there. Happy birthday, ADA. What a great day we had yesterday. Oh, my goodness. What a great day. I am so overwhelmed. Lucky I have the assistant secretary, Kathy Martinez, with me because I'm so overwhelmed. I'm afraid I'd be forgetting something that happened on that great day yesterday as we really celebrated the 20th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Kathy, how did you like that great day yesterday? Well, it was certainly a momentous occasion in the, in the history of the rights of people with disabilities and uh, really a momentous occasion uh, in the history of, of civil rights in general. And may I say this, Assistant Secretary, it is an honor to have you on this historic event that just happened, to have you on today. Think about that. It's like history in the making. And believe me, we didn't plan it that way, but it is so historic to have Kathy Martinez, the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, on after the big event yesterday at the White House. We all and survived. I just want you all to know... President Obama has not forgotten the disability community at all. Kathy, I'm going to start with you. Tell me, what did you think about yesterday? Well, I I thought yesterday was an amazing day. There was so much happening uh, in in D.C., starting with the Harkin panel, the panel that Senator Harkin hosted with Steny Hoyer and Steve Bartlett and Tony Coelho and all the champions of um, of the development of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and it was such a an honor to be in their presence and to really hear again what they went through and how they made it happen, how they brought people together, how they realized that um, you know that it, it took an army of people really, and they were the leaders and. It just made me realize how disability is a bipartisan issue. It's an across-the-aisle issue. That's and, right. That's right. Yes, it and is. And we had a representation of both Republicans and Democrats, proud supporters of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and um, really uh, it was an honor to be in their presence. And then after that, we had the event at the White House, which, of course, was uh, you know unprecedented where the president signed an executive order um, and affirmed his commitment to people with disabilities. It was uh, an honor to be there. Well, here you go. Our first question from Twitter is, in fact, Assistant Secretary, I was overwhelmed to see the President of the United States even talking about disability yesterday. 
I'm not sure I understand. Could you explain what is the executive order? What will that mean? The executive order um, mandates that the federal government um, increase um, the employment of people with disabilities by 100,000 in five years. And it, it, it mandates that each federal agency set its own goals targets and timetables, um, but, the re- but they do have to report into the president on a regular basis about how they're going to do it and how they're going to, um, uh, what, what model strategies they will use to recruit, uh, retain, and promote people with disabilities. Um, in addition, <clears throat> the executive order also looks at the issue of return to work when federal employees become injured, how can we better keep them um, in the workforce as opposed to having them go out on disability? Many people become injured and they don't realize that with an accommodation, they can still work. They can maintain their job and they can maintain their status as a federal employee. And we need to get better about retaining are federal workers that become injured on the job um, by by having more inclusive um, work <clears throat> inclusive workplaces by increasing employees' knowledge about accommodations and also in- increasing the knowledge about accommodations um, in our HR offices throughout the federal government. So the you know uh, I know that 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 um, all the federal agencies will be working with the Office of Personnel Management, where we have one of our fearless leaders, Christine Griffin, who's the deputy director of that uh, of that federal agency, and she will be part of the leadership to help the various federal agencies comply with the executive order. Well, I just want to talk about that for a minute and say that, you know, I remember hearing... Uh, Christine Griffin speak many years ago. This is while she was at EEOC, and she was so frustrated that the employment of Americans with disabilities in the federal government was so low. And I remember her saying at the end, come on, you guys, and then she said, I'll be back. Boy, she wasn't kidding, because she is number two at the Office of Personnel Management and let me tell you, the president's serious about this. As Kathy said, you will have to report on what you've done. And that is because President Obama is really serious about this. What about you, Kathy? For you, what, what was special for you? What did it mean to you yesterday to be there? Well, it was wonderful to be with, um, you know, as, uh, some of the folks who were there 20 years ago, but I think for me, the, the, another wonderful thing was to see so many young leaders who uh, are, are emerging leaders in the disability rights community and the disability advocacy community and who are so knowledgeable and so passionate and so dedicated to increasing the partici- participation of people with disabilities in this society. Um, it's great to see a new legion of um, of advocates um, 
and uh, for me that was that was very heartening and very exciting and so many people I met yesterday that I, I had never met before um, uh, it, it always makes me feel good that you know that we are being that our ranks are being replenished and being added to and um, it's it's important to me to see the variety of people that are joining our movement um, to see more people of color, to see the LGBT community get involved, to see um, people uh, with <clears throat> a wider variety of disabilities, including epilepsy, including people with mental illness. Uh, we had a performer, Nathaniel Ayers, who performed yesterday. Um, I think that 20 years ago, um, the pool of, of representation of different types of disabilities was a lot smaller. And it seems to be getting bigger, and that to me was also very exciting. It was. It was. I agree with you. And do you know when Kathy talks about Nathaniel Ayers, she's talking about the person that was featured in the movie where they showed, I, I think uh, Jamie Foxx was in the movie, the person that was homeless that they found out was this great uh, violinist, and th- he was there. And performed, and I thought that was really something. Also, I did. I think oh, the name oh, of the movie is the soloist. The soloist. That's right. I think the I'm soloist. Right. Um, <clears throat> and Kathy, of every single thing that happened yesterday, what would you say impacted you the most? Um. Well, I think just seeing uh, young people involved, um, to see the diversity increase, to see the diversity both racially, ethnically. Um, disability-wise, um, but also to, to, to really know that we have a president who values disability as part of his diversity agenda and who reaffirmed his commitment to disability uh, rights on so many levels. He discussed what he had done in the past, including bringing somebody in, you know, to the State Department, to our, um, uh, to FEMA, uh, including having so many appointees with disabilities, uh, but he also affirmed his commitment to our future. And, and I think what made me proud is that he, he's walking the walk. He is wanting the federal government to be a model employer by mandating that we hire 100,000 100, persons with disabilities within the next five years, um, and he wants to see progress. So to me, I think that was that was very impactful. Yes, I think so, too. I think so, too. And in a minute or so here, we are going to be going to break. And this time when we go to break, it's very special to me, and you'll see why in a minute. Uh, but if you just tuned in, you are in for a great show today because we're talking about yesterday and the great events that happened at the White House that will impact the employment of Americans with disabilities with Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez. But ready for break? Ready, ready, ready? Here we go. We had another guest there yesterday, too. Her name is Miss Patty LaBelle. And guess what she sang? We're going to break right now, and you're going to hear part of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Ali Owens, for Gas and Go with Alio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show, and we are with the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, Kathy Martinez. And what we've been talking about is yesterday, I know you just heard me talk about Patty LaBelle. Let me tell you, first, Miss Valerie Jarrett, if you're listening, I want to tell you, you are a class act. She was phenomenal. She was the first person out to speak. Uh, and also Melanie Barnes, who has always looked so fantastic, came out and spoke, but they also had entertainers. Uh, and, and I'm going to talk, tell you about the entertainers, and I'll tell you about our community leader. The entertainers were Marley Matlin and Patti LaBelle. Oh, my goodness. When she sang my song, New Attitude, I almost fell off my chair. I mean, I was so overwhelmed. We also had but Nathaniel all, Ayers. And Nathaniel Ayers from the soloist. Is that right, Kathy? The soloist. That's correct. Daniel Ayers from The Soulist, and he is such an awesome young man. I mean, if you meet him and talk to him, in addition to hear his talent, he is phenomenal. So there we had these three entertainers, and we had Marka. Oh, Marka Bristow, she is so wonderful. She was at the beginning, and she is so wonderful. I was so proud to see her up there. But then we had a great star. And if you don't watch CSI, you better all start watching CSI, okay? Because Robert David Hall introduced the president. 
I want to tell you about this man. I want to tell you, he is so humble. He is the nicest man. I mean, I walked over there with him to the White House. He was so excited to introduce the president, yes, but he was also excited to be there, to be part of this, to be there with his family, Americans with Disabilities. I mean, he is a class act. My hat's off to you, Robert David Hall. Um, and then, of course, our big, big event is when President Obama and several other cabinet leaders came out with, by the way, our star, Deputy Director Christine Griffin, and signed the executive order. It was just phenomenal. I mean, I was just overwhelmed. I, I just... I just couldn't believe it. And Kathy, were you there at the first signing? Uh, no, I was not. I, I didn't have the honor to be there. Yeah, well, of course, I wasn't involved yet at that time. But I always thought, oh, I wish I could have been involved. I used to always tell that to Tony Quello and Yoshiko. And by the way, Yoshiko, you are so wonderful. Yoshiko, Justin's spirit lives on, Yoshiko. You know how I love you. Um uh, we had just all of our family members. It was just, it was just so wonderful. But I actually know, Kathy, that I think you have some special event coming up. Yes, on July 30th at 2 p.m. in our great hall at the Department of Labor, we will be um, hosting our uh, anniversary event, our ADA anniversary event, and we will be inducting both Justin Dart, who is considered the father of the ADA, as well as Helen Keller, who, of course, you know, has been such a role model for many of us and who's just an icon and an inspiration. We will be inducting Justin Dart and Helen Keller into the Department of Labor Hall of Fame. Do you know how awesome that is? Oh, that is so exciting to me. That is wonderful. And, Kathy, will they be able to follow this by following your website at DOL? Yes. Oh, that is so wonderful. Yes. Yeah, we're very honored. Both of them had um, um, an incredible impact uh, on, you know, getting people with disabilities into the workforce. Um, in the 30s and 40s, Helen Keller advocated for... Um, special government set-asides for specifically blind people, um, but that has expanded to other disabilities, um, to be able to work um, and be productive. And, of course, you know, in the late 80s, Justin went to every state in the union to get people mobilized um, around the Americans with Disabilities Act, which, of course, has had a, a major impact on uh, inclusion of people with disabilities into society and ultimately into the workforce. <clears throat> I mean, I just think that's so wonderful that you're doing that. I mean, that is that is great. I mean, you know what? There have been events nonstop. I mean, the whole week, and they're still going on. And they have been great events, by the way, and a lot of participation, a lot of participation. Um, here we go from Phoenix. A Nikki, Assistant Secretary Martinez, it is so great to hear you on the show again. 
I know that you are committed to us. I can tell by your activities and your level of commitment. A question that I have, do you think different agencies will try to continue celebrating the 20th anniversary of the ADA throughout the year? Well, I think now that the um, agencies are tasked with hiring uh, people with disabilities by the by the president, um, we will be celebrating by putting um, our words into deeds or actions, and people will be working on uh, recruiting, retaining, and promoting folks with disabilities and learning about how uh, learning about the hiring authorities such as Schedule A learning about places to find qualified people with disabilities, um, really developing inclusive workforces. And in my mind, that's the best type of celebration we can have, actually getting folks to work. You know what? Do you see why I love her? This is why I love her, because she's about action. Hey, folks, we're tired of posters. We've had just enough of that. We want to work. We want a job. We want to get out there. Now, we don't mind our 20th anniversary poster. We cherish that one. But I'm meaning during employment month. Little seminars and posters aren't enough. We want to work. And that is, oh, Kathy, so powerful what you said. The best way to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the ADA is hire someone. And I'm sorry, but I'm so fired up. I mean, first I'm at the White House. Then the president signs the executive order. Now I'm on the air the next day with Kathy Martinez. I'm going to just have to calm down or I'll be going right through the phone. But I am so excited about everything that is going on. So, Assistant Secretary, what do you think will really impact the employment of Americans with disabilities the most? Well, I think... It has to happen one person at a time. It has to, um, I think the thing that impacts uh, the employment of people with disabilities the most is that people just have, we have to be hired. We're, an, as you know, an untapped pool of qualified folks. Um, it, it's not a mystery about how to find us. Um, and... I think the way to change people's expectations of folks with disabilities or to change society's expectations, to change uh, how we're viewed is through employment, is through productive, um, um, to see us as productive members of society, through gainful, what is it, substantial gainful activity, I guess is the technical term. Right, right. Really... Um, that will impact the employment of people with disabilities the most is getting people jobs. And what happens is, as is demonstrated in in many uh, private sector companies, as you know, Joyce, once we are hired, people see that we're just like everybody else. We have strengths, weaknesses, uh, uh, good days and bad days. But overall, we are uh, good um, solid workers, and we contribute to our teams. And the disability, as, as people get to know colleagues with disability, the disability becomes less and less um, significant. Of course, it's a part of who we are, just like race or gender or um, sexual orientation, but it's not the highlighted feature. 
And that's really what we want. We want folks with disabilities to get off the, quote, special shelf and to be woven into the fabric of all aspects of the American workforce. Amen. That is for sure. We want paychecks, not pity. We don't want your pity. We want to work. People with disabilities need to work. And you know what? We're people. As the Assistant Secretary said, we are people just like you. Well, over the past week, just as I said, there have been many, many, many celebrations of the ADA. I wondered, Assistant Secretary, what other events really had an impact on you this week? Well, I was very um, impressed at the um, the Power and Pride celebration last night. I couldn't believe that the, after all day people were in the hot sun at the White House and at other events and speaking and participating since early in the morning. They all showed up at that event at the at the National Press Club, and I was just amazed to see how many people with disabilities, but also how many allies we have. We have allies in the private sector. We have allies in government. We have allies in labor unions. We have allies throughout uh, throughout the citizenry of this country, and it was just amazing to me to see the turnout last night. <clears throat> um, um, you know, of both people with and without disability. And it made me realize that disability, A, is a political issue. Um, you know, we have um, voting power, and we have family members with voting power, and I think we're starting to, you know, to hit our stride. Um, and really, uh, we are realizing the fact that we also not, we also, in, in addition to voting power, we have, purchasing power. You know, folks with disabilities, let's say, you know, it is 54 million, but we have family members too and colleagues and associates who also buy products. So we are a powerful group. We are a powerful lobby. And last night was really uh, an indication to me that, that's, that that is is so, that that is increasing and that we are seeing ourselves as a powerful force in this country. You know, I never thought of this till right now, Kathy, and I wish I would have, and I will tell this to Tony Quello. Tony Quello is really one of the people behind this, uh, as is Jonathan Young and several others. But, you know, I remember many years ago, I went to an event, and it was supposed to be some political event, you know, for the campaign, and this is before President Bush was elected, um, and so it was. This was at a gore event. It was supposed to be some little event, and I went there, and there were only two other people that showed up: Justin and Yoshiko. We've come a long way, folks. We've come a long way. I mean, as you know, that was very impressive at the press club. I mean, we're talking about, I don't know, thousands of people there. And as Kathy said, I don't know, Kathy, what would you say the temperature was yesterday at the White House? It was really like warm. Was people 200. were getting burnt. <laughs> I can tell you that. We, there was a lot of red, uh, sunburnt faces that left that White House. After well, I'm telling you, here's how it was, folks. See, we were in the White House first, 
and we did have a photograph taken, a group of us. Then we were seated outside, but it was hot sun. It was hot. It was so hot. My suit was soaked. <coughs> and after being there for hours, everyone was just so excited, they went straight to the press club. I even said, uh-oh, we better all get uh, deodorant really fast before we go to the press club. Because it was unbelievable. And then when we got to the press club, we had Congressman Hoyer and Langevin. Oh, yes, that's another great thing that happened. Kathy, do you want to tell them what happened with Jim Langevin yesterday? Well, uh, yesterday, um, the 20th anniversary of the Americans with Disability Act, Congressman Langevin presided over Congress from the dais. They uh, put two lists uh, to get so he could get to the dais, and it was the first time that he was able to preside over the uh, proceedings, uh, and it was very exciting. He had his gavel, and he he ran the show, and it was just amazing to see. Oh, it was. It was so great. In other words, they made it accessible. I know you're probably, maybe many of you listening to the show, just assume it would be accessible, but no, but it is now. I mean, that was just such a great thing. Congressman Langevin is a, at the age of 16, was in a very weird, unfortunate accident where I think he was a police cadet and he was at uh, at the barracks and some policeman, the gun actually went off and the bullet ricocheted and hit him in the neck and now here he is, a young man with quadriplegia, a young man that became congressman, a young man who was presiding yesterday uh, as speaker. It was absolutely so thrilling. And you know what? When they asked him if he wanted to do that, he could have done this a week ago, but he wanted to wait to do that on July 26th, which I I just thought it was so great. Yeah, it really sent a wonderful message um, to the world. But for me, the thing that was so, I think, amazing was I really hoped that, um, that teachers around this country were able to um, get the information that he was going to be presiding so they could show children, um, the, you know, show them, have them see him in action because that would really be an incredible role modeling opportunity for kids with and without disabilities to see somebody who's quadriplegic leading the Congress. And um, I'm sure hoping that... Um, you know, school teachers were informed that he would be presiding over Congress so they could show kids. Um, I thought a lot about that because when I was growing up, which actually wasn't that long ago, but it's longer than many of you, um, we didn't really have too many positive role models like us. You know, I never saw a Latina blind woman um, doing anything interesting until very much later in my life. Um, and oddly enough, when I met my first Latina blind person, I, I, I have to say I underestimated them and had low expectations of, of her. And, um, you know, I was immediately proven wrong. But, you know, even I, being a, a, a person in this community, I had sort of internalized the oppression that sometimes we face. And, you know, I was sort of uh, 
turning it back out again, which I, you know, I regret having to admit, but it's the truth. And I'm really hoping that that this, um, you know, that that Congressman Langevin's uh, being on the dais can be shown to millions of kids all over this country. Yeah, I know that is that is so important. That is a good point. That really is because when you're, it's just like even in my world with epilepsy, when a young person, a little boy, sees Alan Fanica, pro bowl player in the NFL, who lives with epilepsy, they say, wow, you mean you can do that? So, I mean, you're right. The more role models also showing, showing everyone what people can do, the better off we would be. That's why it was. It was so great. Okay, here from Twitter now, we have a... Linda from Nevada, and she says, uh, Assistant Secretary, wow, I was so excited with everything that happened yesterday. It was truly a great event. Actually, I don't know if this is a question or it's more of a comment. I just want you to know that I appreciate everything you are doing for people with disabilities, and I look forward to hearing you speak at various events. Well, thank you very much, Linda. You know, it's an honor to be part of this administration, and it's an honor to be um, part of a, a department where disability is really viewed, as I said before, as a diversity issue. We have uh, amazing support from the secretary and the deputy, deputy secretary, but also from my colleagues, from the other assistant secretaries, who really get the issue and who really want to, A, make their programs more accessible and inclusive, and B, hire people with disabilities on their teams who are not just focusing on disability but who are actually doing the work of the various agencies within the department. So it is a pleasure for me to work here at the Department of Labor and, um, you know, and really uh, it's, it's my goal to have outcomes uh, in terms of, of folks with disability getting work and have, you know, help develop policies that actually help both public and private sector uh, to make it easier to hire people with disabilities and really get the word out, you know, that we are qualified people uh, and that we we can contribute. And um, we're doing that in a number of ways, actually. We have something called the Campaign for Disability Employment, which is a PSA, it's a public service announcement, and it's downloadable on our website. Um, at dol.gov slash ODEP. Anybody can use it. It's being broadcast throughout the country um, on various television channels um, as a community service, uh, uh, through their community service uh, public broadcasting. And um, we feel that that's one way that we can help dispel the myths and stereotypes about people with disabilities by showing folks uh, who are productive. The media is critical to changing the attitudes of the public. The media has played a role ever since uh, it existed about shaping people's attitudes. And, and we at ODEP and in the Department of Labor um, would like to use the media to portray more accurate and positive images of people with disabilities. 
and I know you're right because I met with a friend of mine, Randy Siegel, who was the uh, publisher head of Parade Magazine. Now he's with the company that actually owns Parade Magazine. And that's what we were talking about is that if you depict people in the media incorrectly, this is what stays with people. This is the view that they have. Now, the assistant secretary is talking about this uh, PSA. It is unbelievable. I mean, it's the president. The president and young people with disabilities, but it's the president talking about disability and work. And then it takes you right to, is it uh, Disability Works, Kathy? What, what is the site it goes to? Well, there's two different um, PSAs. There's the What Can You Do campaign, which is, you know, the, which I mentioned, the Campaign for Disability Employment. And then there's another message that the president has just taped, and that message is on disability.gov. And that reaffirms, I haven't actually seen that message, but it, you know, affirms the president's commitment to uh, the ADA. It, it's a commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the ADA. It's a PSA that the president has done. Um, and that can be found on disability.gov. Well, listen, I heard it and it is and saw it. It is awesome. And I will, we will be playing this small one on this show. I mean, it is really phenomenal. But think about that. The president doing a PSA about this. President Obama. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, he's really serious about this. This is an administration that, as Kathy said, is very serious about what they're talking about and accountability, not just talking about it. Okay, here we go. I'm getting a lot of questions here. We have Linda from New York, uh, Assistant Secretary. All of this is so great, but I have to ask you, what is going to happen with the UN Treaty on Rights of Persons with Disabilities? Well, hopefully, now as you know, the president has signed the treaty last year on the 19th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Are you there, Joyce? Yes, I'm here. And in his speech yesterday, he said that he hoped for swift action by the Senate when he presents them with the package, with the ratification package. So we are all hoping that the Senate will ratify the convention um, and join numerous other countries throughout the world who have ratified the convention and who are already moving uh, toward implementation of the UN Convention, which, by the way, is the first human rights treaty uh, adopted by the UN in the 21st century. And can you just very briefly explain to our listeners what that is? Well, it's a, it's a treaty which uh, basically affirms the human rights and dignity of people with disabilities. It has, I think, uh, 33 or 34 different articles um, which address everything from education to political participation to employment to access to information and communications technology to... Um, access to the physical environment. It, it is quite extensive and comprehensive. And I know that many countries um, have ratified it. I honestly don't know the number of, I don't know how many. I think it's in the 50s. But as a leader of disability rights, um, you know, the, the U.S. Is, is always looked to as, as one of the leaders 
of promoting disability rights. We were certainly the first country to have um, such a comprehensive civil rights law for people with disabilities. And people really patterned their disability rights laws after the ADA. Now, of course, it's, they're not exactly the same, but, um, you know, so we have been seen as a leader. So um, it would be nice, it would be uh, great for us to ratify the convention and sort of resume that role again um, because we're sort of lagging behind other countries, including the EU, who has ratified the, the UN treaty or convention. Well, and, and I mean, I am so glad we're going to do this because you know what, folks, no matter where you live when you have a disability, you're part of our family. You have a disability, you have a disability. It doesn't matter where you live, you're part of our family. Um, Kathy, a young business leader from Delaware, and her name is Laura Thien, has a question here for you. Um, hold on a minute. And it is, it, she wants to know if in the federal government in terms of work, are there opportunities for those that do not have a four-year college degree but mainly have a background in community service? Um there uh, yes, there's there's AmeriCorps. I don't know how old you how old your the listener is, but there's there's a number of community service opportunities. Um, I'm thinking specifically of AmeriCorps, um, and I cannot think of any other ones. But I know that the president has promoted community service during his tenure, um, and I imagine if you just type Google them, you know, community service, um, a number of government programs would. Come up. I, I'm sorry, I just don't know the names of them. Well, but the thing is that if she goes to, as a matter of fact, even if you go to, uh, uh, you go to disabilities, they have listed things about community service because I know they're really big on that. Right. But I'm, I will say, no, not everyone has a four-year degree in one area. That's I right. mean, there are opportunities to work in so many different areas. And sometimes young people think you have to have a four-year college degree, but you don't. For example, even some of the people in my vendor leadership class um, have work. Some of them work in finance or IT, but then some of them work in, in plumbing. I mean, it's all different areas uh, that people go out and work in. But the key thing is to be a good employee and to not be discriminated against or give a position that is under your level. That, that's what the key thing is. But uh, I know that that uh, at, even at ODEP, they've done a lot with different people. And wait, we've got another. We got a caller right now. Oh, funny, I would mention Delaware. We got a caller on the air, David Elder from Newcastle, Delaware. Yes. Hi. How are you? Hi, David. How are you? Good. Um, I was just calling to let you know that I am a um, disability. Um, uh, I am a. Um, a disability uh, youth leader, and um, I just appreciate um, what you're doing. Thank you very much. Well, that um, is wonderful. That's yes, wonderful. Um, the assistant secretary has made youth and leadership a big issue in her whole area. And didn't you tell, just tell us at the beginning how important that is to have another generation, Kathy? You bet. And we appreciate you too, David. Thank you. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking, actually speaking for Mrs. Bender um, uh, as a keynote speaker for a program that she did with a group of uh, disability students, um, disabled students here in Newark. 
and um, I was selected as her uh, keynote speaker about uh, about two or three years ago. So um, it was just a great opportunity to kind of, you know, learn about the issue and, you know, whatever I can do to help, um, I'm all for it. He is part, he was a graduate all across the United States. I have these young people where I do this volunteer work with my Bender Leadership Academy. So David was uh, a graduate and one of the keynote speakers, and at that program we're teaching two things. Number one, leadership, and number two, how to gain employment. Um, and he was and is a phenomenal young person. And David, you just keep in touch with us with that Bender Lead On team and with our national youth initiatives, and we will keep you at the top of the list. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations. on in. So great to have young people that are so wanting to do this and that are inspired to do work and, and want to help. And I'm going to tell you, everyone is important. So, you know, don't think you have to be at a whatever level. It always amazes me that people forget that people like Assistant Secretary Martinez she did not just wake up one day and, oh, here I am. I'm the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy. She worked for it for years. That's why she is an appointee in the area that she's in right now. Uh, so, Kathy, how about the private sector? What message do you have for them? Well, the message I have for the private sector is, again, um, when they start hiring, there are qualified workers with disabilities, and you guys have some beautiful role models out there in the private sector, like the Computer Science Corporation, like IBM, like AT&T. Um, and so I would recommend that, that the leadership in, the, in, in companies who haven't quite um, had the opportunity to hire people with disabilities Talk to your colleagues who do and, and learn about what they're doing and, and what types of best practices they're employing to hire folks with disabilities um, and really how um, I think talking to your peers is a very good way to become inspired. And there's a lot of inspiration out there and there's a lot of things that are really good work happening. Um, so... I would say that, um, you know, that if you want answers, if you want to um, dispel myths, if you want to get practical solutions to uh, questions you might have, contact the folks that are actually, you know, that are, have uh, track records of hiring people with disabilities, um, uh, and I think they would be happy to help you. I know that, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that our workforce is aging, and aging is the um, is the biggest reason why people are becoming disabled. Many of us can't afford to quit working at 65 um, for many reasons, and we will very likely acquire a disability. It, it may not be completely debilitating, but it may impact your ability to work or anybody's ability to work. So, for example, if you lose vision or if you lose hearing, um, you may need 
an accommodation. You may need some magnification. You may need some amplification on your phone. Um, if you don't know that these um, that there are products out there, and if you don't know about the concept of um, accommodations, I, I don't even like that word anymore because I like to use the word productivity tools. My friend Susan Mazrui introduced me to that concept. And the idea is that we all need productivity tools. We all depend on computers. We all depend on lights in the workplace. And so, for example, if you don't see too well and you need magnification, um, maybe we should call that a productivity tool because sometimes I think the the concept of accommodations is a little scary to employers. Um, But I think as our workforce ages, both in the public and private sector, we will be dealing with the um, phenomenon of uh, the fact that more of us will need productivity tools. And so what we do today will impact the lives of workers in the future, how we lay our foundation, how we structure our work, uh, work teams, how we uh, include people. You know, the fact that we understand what an inclusive workplace means I think is critical, especially to the private sector and to, you know, being a competitive uh, uh, agency or employer, you know, to have the competitive, competitive edge, you know, we need all the brain power we can get and, and we need the best employer, employees. And in many cases, these employees will be people with disabilities. That is so true. And, you know, that reminds me that <clears throat> Pat Chu, the head of OFCCP, who, as you all know, was on my show a few weeks ago, she has sent out the uh, the regulatory reform or comments for 503 of the Rehab Act. Yes, that's true. We're very proud that the Office of Federal Contracts Compliance has put out an advance notice of proposed rulemaking and we would like people to comment on um, um, how to make, uh, how to increase affirmative action for people with disabilities uh, when, when uh, sorry, how to increase affirmative action for people with disabilities um, for folks who receive federal contracts and subcontracts. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but 22% of the workforce hired in the United States is hired by folks who receive federal contracts or federal subcontracts. So we are exploring how to increase um, the inclusion of folks with disabilities in, uh, you know, in these in these agencies and in this particular workforce. So we are asking all of your listeners to comment on our notice of proposed rulemaking. And we're looking for, you know, successful models of inclusion. Um, um, You can go on the website. You can go on uh, dol.gov and find uh, the the notice. And I think we have till, I think there's 60 days to respond. And so we're really hoping that people will do that. And I have a group of young people and uh, people out there working, great vendor ambassadors that actually got in touch with me while we were talking, like Cavett Heston, that I know 
We'll make a point of getting everyone at their company to do that, and that is so important. Kathy, I can't believe how fast this show went. So before I'm cut off here, I have to ask you, over the past year, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Well, (laughs) um, I feel like really connecting with lots of different employers, consumers, people with disabilities, allies, public and private sector, um, just really getting the message out about what the work that ODEP does um, and the value of people with disabilities in the workplace. I think um, we've done a lot. We're working with the, um, with the entertainment industry. We're, we're working with our office of... Um, um, worker compensation programs. We're we're just working with so many more people than we were when I came here. We are just, um, we're a very collaborative group here at ODEP, and the more we can get out the word, the more we can can get out uh, information about our best practices, the more we can promote employers that are hiring people with disabilities, like Computer Science Corporation, like the NSA and the U.S. government, um, who just won an award. Uh, who just won the Tony Coelho Award, Um, that is really my biggest, I feel like, is our biggest accomplishment here at ODEP. Well, before you tell me what message you want to leave with our listeners, I just want to tell you uh, on behalf of all of our listeners and as the chair of the Epilepsy Foundation and CEO of Bender Consulting Services, but most importantly as a woman living with epilepsy and a hearing loss, We are so proud to have you. Kathy Martinez, we're so proud to have you. You are doing a great job. Thank you, Joyce, and right back at you. All right, so what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I would say to your listeners, um, you have the power to change our society. And through work and through productive engagement, and just through being out there, um, you will change people's minds. Um, One of our biggest barriers is still shame and fear. And when people ask me, what is the best Disability 101 training, I always say, hire a person with a disability. Amen. Amen to that. And you know what, folks? We're going to start teaching all of our young people our own history. So now you have the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy the day after this momentous federal executive order at the White House. You take this show. Give this show to your young people. Have other people listen. And remember, you can always go back to voiceamerica.com because it will be archived, and, of course, on BenderConsult.com. So here we go. We're finally at the end of this month. Kathy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Joyce. It was my pleasure. And I say, we have to say it. Haven't said it. Haven't said it. Here's our quote. Haven't said it yet. Lead on. Lead on no matter what. This is Joyce Bender with voiceamerica.com where disability but more importantly employment really matters 
See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, Voice America.